0: This is season two of 15 with Fosca, the podcast that brings you authentic voices from Italy in real time. Become a part of our community by subscribing and stay right where you are to hear inspiring personal stories from Italians and expats alike, conversations about the current scenario, and to unpack together the intricacies of Italy and Italian society and culture today. Buongiorno mondo and welcome back to Fifteen with Voska the podcast. I could not be happier to be sitting here today with a friend and a collaborator, Devorah Block. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad that we're here chatting. We um we have kind of an interesting story you you and I. So I want to talk about that just quickly yeah. as an introduction. You and I have sort of been like two ships passing in the night for the past—I don't know—like 20 years. Um, we've seen—we had seen each other's name. We had kind of known each other in some yeah. remote way, and then you put it an ad on a group uh, Facebook group site yes. for an office space, and I—you know—I had just quit my job at Stanford, and I was just starting out. But I was like, "Hmm, this sounds like a perfect fit." So you and I started chatting. We started texting. I came to see this space. I fell in love with it.
1: Because it's amazing. It's a beautiful space. It's an amazing space. It's such an amazing (laughs) space. And we'll
0: talk about Palazzo Fresco Baldi and we'll talk about what you're doing there at the office and at the Salon of Urban Architecture. But it was kind of like all of a sudden this little excuse to go see this beautiful office space actually gave birth to what's become a friendship. Absolutely. And a collaboration. Yeah. So I'm super excited to have you here today because of that, because I really do feel that like it was destiny for us to meet. Yes. And, and (laughs) we found each other and now we have sort of become a a part of each other's lives. Absolutely. So I want to start with, I just called you an international woman of mystery, (laughs) um, which I, which I love. And I think you kind of are. So I want to talk first about your journey. So you, have a very interesting background. So how the heck did you get here to Florence? Uh,
1: yes. I, mystery, <laughs> I don't know. I don't, it feels like that oversells it a bit. Um, so I do have, I've got, I have dual citizenship and okay. that's also uh, a bit of a story. So I'm American-born and bred. My family is all American. Mm -hmm. Um, But when I was 14 years old, my father got a job in New Zealand Ah. and moved the family out there. So I ended up doing all of my high school and the first years of my university in New Zealand, in Auckland. Um, And then went to Australia for a couple of years, went back to the States. I was in New York for um a few years working in museums ah, and then, I didn't know that yeah where did you work in New York mostly the Brooklyn Museum of Art nice. that was my number one. Oh, fun um and then I was also at I was at a tiny little museum called the Dahesh Museum uh, for about a year okay um and then I did freelancing work at MoMA um which was a lot of fun nice yeah it was yeah. very cool um yeah, and then, I mean, I was in New York, um, for anyone who was sort of around New York at that time, um, I was there sort of 2000, 2003, mm-hmm. and there was obviously 9-11, um, there was a lot of, there were a lot of economic problems and a lot of cuts to the cultural yeah. budget. Mm-hmm. And in my personal life, what that meant is I ended up one summer with six weeks of time off work mm-hmm. and decided to come to Italy. And <laughs> met my husband. So, um, was that it was, your first
0: time in Italy? It was not my first okay. time.
1: I actually, even though my entire family is American, I have an Italian uncle um, who has now moved back to Seattle, but he How was living funny. in Verona for uh, 30 years. How so, my dad's younger brother oh, um, was in the wine business. Yeah. So, I had got, he brought me out here when I was like 14 uh, to visit once. And then probably because of him, I did Italian at university. Obviously, um, and so it was. It wasn't the first time, but okay. um, it was the first long time that I'd come out here. Um, it was supposed to be, I think, for two weeks, and <laughs> ended up being maybe four. And then yeah, went back to New York, gave notice, and. Uh, to Florence. Yeah, I did something similar. You really? Know? Yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> we get like caught by this bug. Something I know, happens. I know,
0: I know. So well, I mean, can now that we're sort of 20 years on,
1: mm. can God, you,
0: sorry, I'm sorry, yeah, <laughs> but like how, what, what, I mean obviously yes, you fell in love and that's, you know, that's happened, that happened to me as well, but why did you decide to stay here with all the options you had? With your, you know, with your dual citizenship, your experiences all over the world. At this point, you've lived in Australia, you've lived in New Zealand, you've lived in the U.S. Why did you stay here?
1: I mean, Italy has something special about it. Um, of course, there's the like, you know, the logical sort of logistical reasons of <laughs> a husband and now yes. two fabulous kids, Yay! and you know, all of that. Um, but there's. Well, there's a quality of life, but also quality to the life here, I think, which is um, probably impossible to replicate anywhere else. Wow, Um, I I
0: agree 100%. I think you've said it in a way that nobody has said it before (laughs) on the podcast. No, no, and it's true. It's also hard to explain because it is this sort of like invisible or magical component Mm -hmm. that even if you have, like even if everything's going terribly... There's something that always ends up kind of saving Absolutely. the situation. You know
1: what I mean? I will be completely frank. There have been many moments over the last 20 years in which I have, <laughs> w- like, raged against. Oh, Italy. I know. <laughs> oh, I feel you. But at the end of the day, um, I think both for myself and for my kids, especially, um, there's so many things that I feel like I can't give them here. Mm-hmm. But there's so much that I can. Yeah. Um, that I it's. I the last few years I've been um, working a lot in the UK, mm-hmm. and that's been an incredible opportunity for me, um, and has sort of I think filled out some gaps that I felt I had in in my life here.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but it has also at the same time really reinforced that sense that there is. A quality of life here that um, just doesn't have. Mm-hmm. I can't. I can't imagine taking my kids away from this. Yeah,
0: and I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't. I'm very happy that I'm raising my daughter here.
1: Isn't it interesting? Yeah, I don't think it's easy. No, I think it isn't. And raising and I, a child in a different culture is. It's
0: so hard. And I actually, you know, something we talk about a lot in in the family, if you will, and you know, being far away, doing it on your own at least the way I did it. It was just super hard, but then again, it's the only thing I know. Yeah. Like, I've never raised a child in another country. Right, exactly. So I've only raised her here, and honestly, I've been very grateful for Mm. for most of the things um, that have happened, Um, the way, you know, she's being educated, also just what, sort of the kind of, Lifestyle, if you will, that that we're that we're experiencing. Yeah, I want to go back to your. You were talking about London. Yeah, I want you to talk a little bit. You have such a, a fascinating and diversified what? background. Um, you did come to when you came to Italy. You then pers- you got your master's. You got a PhD as well. Yeah, I want to talk about the work you're doing now, and how those experiences were studying here in Italy, getting your um, advanced degrees here, how those experiences were. Um, And yeah, a little bit about what you do in London and just sort of what you're doing right now.
1: I love it that you say fascinating um, as opposed to confusing, which is (laughs) what I sort of think. No, it
0: is fascinating (laughs) to me because I think it's hard for people like us who have a lot of interests and also a lot of talents, let's be honest, because it's true you have to... Praise yourself, and yes, we have to lift each other yeah. up. And you know, for people who have a lot of capabilities, I think sometimes you can get like people can mm. lose a sense of like how just how much you are able to do and you're doing. Mm. So I want you to tell me a little bit about that. It's not confusing to me. For me, it's fascinating the work <laughs> you're doing. No, seriously. Think, so talk yeah. about that, and talk about a little bit about your studies in Italy.
1: Um, so. I guess I'll start with the studies, maybe, and get that out of the way. Yeah, let's get it out of the way. um, So I actually, the first degree that I uh, got here in Italy was the, um, I got my master's uh, in Florentine Renaissance, and that was actually through Syracuse University. Okay, So So it was an American program, um, but based here in Florence, Mm -hmm. and I, of course, applied to it just because it made it seem as though... I had not made a rash decision in moving to Italy. There was actually which a was, reason. Uh, exactly. Right? It wasn't, it I'm was going not to get my master's in advanced. Renaissance Art History. Exactly. I was getting Obviously. a master's degree. <laughs> um, it was all very sensible. Right. Um, but it was amazing. I mean, it was an incredible, it's a fabulous program. It was mm-hmm. really well structured. Um, and uh, I got an enormous amount out of it as a sort of student and academic um, and also in terms of sort of grounding me and giving me my own space in Italy as well because yeah. that was, I, I was here for about a year before the course started and okay. during that year I was very much like just a girlfriend, if yeah. that, you know, like I didn't yeah. have my own space right. yeah. um, and so that was really important for me. Um, the... Syracuse also became really important. It was a it was a real home for me, yeah. and I think that that's something that, um, especially coming to Florence. I don't know about you know in other cities in Italy, but there is this incredibly embracing um, community here. I think of people who are living uh, absolutely, and, and so it's Syracuse for me was was mm-hmm. an enormous. Um, it was a family. Yeah, was an and I think family. that's
0: when I first started like seeing your name or something I think would that's when been... you and I were in contact sort of in that when you were probably it must in those have early been. years exactly yeah.
1: exactly um, I was running the ga- I started a gallery there at the Syracuse University I think Florida's I don't know gallery. I just
0: remember seeing your name on emails and stuff and then trying to get you to come to my opening. right and I never came <laughs> I was busy I would come now I come now I come See? to the salon of urban you architecture do. and we'll talk about I'm that. like your biggest yes. fan we'll talk about you that are. so you get your MA in Renaissance Art in Syracuse you're feeling legit because you're like Finally. I've got a piece exactly. of paper I'm in you know the renaissance like center of the world and then what happens
1: um I got a job at Palazzo Strozzi brava yeah I was really um you know again it's that I was it's being in the right place at the right time um I was uh the director of Syracuse at the time Barbara Dinling mm, I remember her well very great. good friends she was amazing you know she's a doctor now like a medical doctor. Like a medical doctor. She runs a department. She's, uh, she was awesome. I remember her very well. She another had a long tenure. House. Yeah. She was a real volcano. Um, I just edited... We can edit this out. Um, but I just no, we edited, don't edit anything <laughs> out on the podcast. Um, I just edited uh, a fascinating article for her that she wrote. Oh, good. That's combining her renaissance background and her medical training now oh wonderful um, it's it's really really um oh
0: cool maybe we hopefully can, we'll link be to it in soon. the bio. yeah if oh it's p- by the
1: time we with this airs um, hopefully it'll be published very very cool okay so anyway she was very close friends with james bradburn who's who had just arrived wonderful
0: wonderful i love james um
1: he's uh, has a very special place in my really? life <laughs> yeah. he's a visionary um, he's an incredible he's mm-hmm. also though uh so I was introduced to him and and got an internship and then ended up staying there for I don't know about ten years, mm. um, eight years, eight years. But uh, the team that I worked with under him were still quite close, and um, we always say he he ruined us for any other I place. Can see that. He gave us such high expectations yeah. of what a workplace would be like: mm-hmm. inspiring, exciting, yeah. um, purpose driven um and, and an amazing team he's he's a very very special agree 100 yep. and
0: he's just for anyone who's curious he's james bradburn is his name he was the director of palazzo strozzi for quite some time he's currently the director of the brera
1: he was until very recently Uh-oh. because the mandate ended so oh, he no. did um he, he was part of the original batch of um of new directors okay, for the autonomous right. museum mm-hmm. project um and so he was in the first one he was renewed for the second term but you can't do more than two terms so he finished in october oh no. okay well i'm sure he'll do i'm not worried i'm sure he'll do something no, like great no he's got some pretty cool stuff coming
0: up yay <laughs> i'm so excited but he's just he's just a real visionary so i think being able to i you know i've i had gotten to know him over the years when he was the director of Palazzo Strozzi and then when we would go to Milan with the students often he would treat us to these incredible sort of introductions to the Brera and he's just like I don't know just one of those people who's just like amazing so continue so you have this amazing experience at Palazzo Strozzi great team great director
1: and then uh well Hmm. James's fault again. Actually, he <laughs> uh, he introduced me to um, Omar Calabrese, mm-hmm. who was a um, an incredible um, semiotician um, at the University of Siena. He mm. was doing a PhD program, uh, running a PhD program in um, visual culture, and. James I I'm convinced James somehow convinced him um, to make a space for me in the program um, and I say that because I mean I did have to go and that was an interesting experience I went through the whole sort of standard you know having been through gotten into you know undergraduate in New Zealand and then applying to graduate school in the States for my <laughs> master's and then I did the Italian process for right. my PhD and um, and uh, and I don't know I don't know how it compares to any other country, but I had there was some exams and some interviews, um, and I think there was a point system based on your experience yeah, as probably. well because it's mm-hmm. Italy. There right. has to be a point system somewhere. somewhere. Um, and a, uh, graduatoria. a graduatoria, a graduatoria, exactly. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> and so I got into this program, um, and my PhD. But I was I was a weird outlier in the program so the 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 content was very much focused on um visual culture semiotics it looked a lot at um at film hmm. uh and the semiotics of film and contemporary culture and I was doing a PhD on um learning in museums <laughs> so it was I was this sort of strange but uh, but it is I mean that's it's it's related. I mean, it's it was vaguely related. It was, and, it was. Yeah. and and Omar Calabrese was very was very interested, he's and he a, was a wonderful, he's famous. He's a famous film critic. Am I right? He, I've seen his name, or oh, he's God. written books on film. I know the name. I'm pretty he's, sure. He's no, he's definitely extremely yeah. well known. I'm not sure if he's um, maybe it's just a I should somagician. know him better. I should it's know okay. better. But he um, he was very. I know that he was um, a close colleague of Umberto Eco's for a long time. Right. Um, and he did some very important work around yeah. semiotics and all.
0: yeah and where uh, was the phd program it was at, Siena. in Siena, at the university of Siena,
1: in yeah. italian it was well it was an international program oh, okay. in all languages so they would have visiting professors and they would speak in whatever their language was so there we had stuff in english we had stuff in italian but we also had stuff in french and german Neither of which I speak, right? But somehow um, you know it all you, works out. It's it's uh, yeah, osmosis or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was very. I mean, that was a very interesting. I was able to write my PhD though in in, in English. English. Thank, exactly. Thank goodness that was okay because I yeah. necessary. Okay. <laughs> um, otherwise, I just would have gotten it translated by someone. Um, and yeah, so that was my um, my PhD. It actually, I mean, my my degree is from um, the Scuola Normale. Oh, which is. I mean, Superiore. yeah, super prestigious. Um, but uh, the studies were done through
0: University through Sienna. of Siena. yeah. And that brings us to where you are now, and you really are an international woman of today, yeah. because like, oh, you know, and you're very casual about it. Well, I went to college in New Zealand, you know, and masters in the states, and then this and that.
1: It feels like it just happens, though. I think sometimes I know. I think life just sort of just happens. Exactly, it happens. It happens. Um, and where has it, all of this brought you, like, right now? So now I'm um, obviously living in Florence um, with my two kids. This is my base. But working um, a lot in London mm-hmm. um, and have also sort of moved from... M- sort of my entire history up until now has been museums um, and education and... Mm-hmm. Um, and so museum education, informal education. Mm -hmm. Um, And in the last few years, that the context of that shifted from museums to the built environment. Which I love. I Um, love the stuff you're working on. I'm... I'm very excited about it as well. Yay! So tell me about this
0: work you're doing in London. Tell me about the work you're doing also here in Florence. So I have been
1: working. I've been very lucky. I actually, um, you know, you were saying we met through this ad on the Facebook. But I also met... Karen through the same ad. so funny. And that's how I met Karen, of course. Exactly. Through you, through the ad. So Karen Templin <laughs> and I um, met because Karen found this amazing office space. Yeah, So she was the one yeah. who first found it. Okay. And initially, um, you know, she just put out, as you saw as well, um, this sort of message saying, you know, does, is anybody else looking for a space to share?
0: Right.
1: Um, and I was absolutely looking for a space to share. I had been working... Between like co work spaces and out of my car, me too. It's um, hard. It's and so hard. it was it was time for something a little bit more uh, grown up. <laughs> um, and it was the it was three of us in the beginning: myself, Karen, and another woman um, who you should absolutely get onto your okay. program, um, Noga Arika, who is is another amazing sort of powerhouse of a person. Okay. Um, and all doing our own thing. I mean, the, the only thing that we had in common was that we all needed a space. Yeah. Um, we were all mothers, it turned out. Um, and... Uh, but then slowly, the sort of... The areas of, of similarity started to come out. Um, so I had just started doing a project um, around a, a consultancy for an organization called the Built Environment Trust in London. Mm -hmm. And I had been called in because they were exploring the possibility of um, creating a museum. Mm. Um, And so I made sense um, in that way, even though I didn't have a background in the built environment. Um, and it's it's like the beginning of the end. Right. <laughs> that was so. I came in um, to consult with them about that. We ended up making um, different decisions for the organization about what made the most sense for it strategically, mm-hmm. um, what direction to go in. But I, my eyes were open to this world of the built environment that I just never um, really, well, I'd never interacted with. But I say that, and you know, obviously, we are. In our built environment, at every moment, exactly. But you
0: now you've begun. You had begun this sort of. I don't know more that there was awareness, and your approach was, in other words, you weren't just walking through streets or inhabiting spaces; you were actually thinking about what that meant, what what those spaces communicate, what they mean, you know, how we need to change them, what how they, you know, affect community,
1: education, Absolutely. children, all of us. Absolutely. If that's, uh, you should be running this. <laughs> no, but you should, I mean, like, that's exactly what it is. I wanted that's, to be in your office. Yeah. I still do. There may be room. All right. Well. We, might have, we might have a desk opening up soon. Yeah.
0: Well, I come anyway. I'm like, oh, here I am. You know, I pretend. I'm like, it's my house. I was at, you know, the salon, the last salon. I'm like, anyone need a drink? Right, you exactly. Know. You were, um you were
1: the, you were perfect.
0: Thank you once again for tuning in to this week's episode of 15 with Vosca and for continuing to do so. Grazie mille e alla prossima volta.